Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the Eagle Hour, everybody, from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Bob, Kelly, and Luke, we're glad you're with us today, and uh, we've got a really special show coming up. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, a great place to cater your next event or a great place to take your family for a delicious meal. We appreciate everything Dickie's Barbecue in Hattiesburg does. For the Eagle Hour. All right, we want to get right to the show today. Patrick McGee will be joining us later in the program. Got a baseball win to talk about, but top of the news today, Southern Miss men's uh, basketball last night uh, beats uh, beats the uh, opponent in the opening round of the Conference USA Tournament, UTSA. They win 67-64 to last night. Coach Jay Ladner's 100th career win and uh, and a good win for the Golden Eagles, a badly needed win. And Coach Ladner agrees to join us on the show this morning. First of all, Coach, thanks. I, I know you're really tied up today, and I, I called you this morning, and you were, as always, willing to come on. Uh, great win for your guys last night. I know it must have felt good. What what was the key to the victory last night? Well, uh, Bob, first of all, uh, you know, you guys have, are great uh, proponents of, of athletics and of the University of Athletics basketball in particular and y'all have been super fair and balanced with me during a rough year and uh it when you guys ask i'm it, it, if i can if it's not if it's a situation where i don't i can't be in two places at one time i can be there uh, and and be on the show i'm again truly honored that y'all would even ask so i appreciate y'all having me sure. on of course i'm i'm sitting right outside of our hotel uh, we just literally just as you called uh, to get me on the air uh was what we we just had returned from practice and uh getting off the bus at our final details of our game plan for tonight's game against Florida Atlantic. But uh, I appreciate y'all having me on. Sure. All right. What, what, was, what happened? What clicked last night, Coach? Well, well first of all, you know, you, you've just never heard this from us. Not going to hear it because it, it, anytime you're losing and, and the coach gets on afterward and wants to talk about injuries and all that kind of stuff. But now I think I can say it because we won. But, you know, of course, we're, we're playing. We're down to about a seven-man rotation. Uh, we've got guys that are playing uh, and, and playing incredibly well. And uh, I want to reference a, a Jeff Armstrong that maybe earlier in the year maybe didn't even touch the floor in many games. So those guys are playing in the main rotation. Of course, he started last night. And uh, so, we're, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're way down our depth chart. Uh, uh, but that's okay. Other guys have stepped up. And I, to me, that's special. And, and it may not be as evident to the general public. Of course, the season hasn't gone in the way that, that uh, anybody would have wanted or expected. But for our guys to fight through that last night in, in the most critical of games, of course, playing for a conference uh, championship here in the tournament, a surviving advance game, uh, uh, to find a way to win, I, I thought was just incredibly special to me. And uh, uh, re- disregard the 100 win. This, this was as good a, a win considering what we were facing and put out on the floor as, as anyone that I've ever had. So I'm very, very proud of our team right now. Luke? 
Coach, uh, last night Armstrong and Napper, 11 assists between the two. Jeffrey really allowed Waylon to be able to, you know, work the ball to download. Stevenson yep. with 22 points. What's been – Waylon's just kind of really, you know, come on the last three weeks. I mean, and just, again, takes charge, hits some big threes down the stretch. Waylon has played uh, – and, well, he's got, a, he's got a competitive spirit about him. He's got some toughness about him. He was actually a, a pretty highly recruited football recruit, and he's got that – I like that type of mentality. I like – basketball players that have a football background and uh, personally to be honest with you and uh uh he, he he has that mentality and of course you mentioned jeff armstrong jeff jeff's not ever going to be in the in the uh stat sheet in terms well i say he's not i hope he will maybe tonight he'll 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 have his career game kind of like wayland's done but but he he does all makes all the winning plays and if you watch that game closely last night there were a lot of plays that he made for instance one time we had turned the ball over uh, it was a three-on-one break, normally an easy basket on the other end. He sprinted his tail back. He got in a position, and he drew a charge and saved a basket. Well, of course, when you go in a one-possession game, that ends up being one of those. Those are the type of plays that winning teams and winning players make. And uh, and, and there's a plus-minus. I wish I, I could show it to you uh, in, in statistics. And it it's a plus-minus, meaning what does the score do – during the time that you were out there, well, he was our highest grade. Jeff Armstrong was didn't didn't score any points, uh, but it, it, he was our highest grade. He was a plus eleven while he was on the floor last night, and that's a very critical statistic that that uh, that we keep up with. And uh, you know, some guys will be plus eight, plus four, minus eight, minus eight, and it kind of gives you an idea of what happens while they're out there on the floor. You know, over the course of time, well, he consistently grades really high like that, and then. Of course, Napper. I thought. I thought uh, particularly in the second half when the game was on the line, he made some, some made some great plays with the basketball. Not just scoring the ball, which which he did, but also made, making some nice uh, penetration and assists. Uh, we had eleven assists, of course, in the second half, uh, which was uh, which was was great. We shared the basketball. We were patient on offense. We executed offense. Of course, we were in, in, in as it seems to be with playing with seven players. We were in all kind of foul trouble. And uh, so we had guys, a lot of guys that were playing out of position, and we had to, we just, and maybe there's some value to this team. We just had to kind of keep things real simple. And uh, but I was, I was proud of our guys for doing that. Of course, they uh, gutted down and got a couple of stops. We had a, a kind of a crucial call that went against us on a on a last second inbounds play. That was a, a pretty rough call, but anyway, gave them another opportunity. But each time that we needed a stop, we were able to get one and get the rebound. And I was, I was just proud of the way that we found a way to win instead of finding a way to lose. Well, Coach, you, you guys trailed at halftime, came back and took the lead, and then you finished. You guys finished yeah. this. And you hear coaches all the time say, man, if we could just learn how to finish. Yeah. What do you and your colleagues, when you say, if we could learn how to finish, what, what does that mean exactly? That means playing with poise and composure and making the right plays under pressure down the stretch. There's a, there's a point in time in every game uh, that that uh, that that, that, that comes into play it may be with three minutes left it could be depending on what the score and the margin is it could be with six minutes it may be with 30 seconds but to be able to operate with poise and composure based on what the situation is and we got put in that situation offensively and defensively in the last couple minutes several times and of course what I was proud about is we haven't been on the on the uh, uh, offensive end, or really the defensive end, where we get, just got to have that stop in the last second to preserve a win, or maybe keep it going over time. We haven't been in that situation a lot. We haven't been in a situation where we were we had to get the stop, get a rebound. Of course, they're in a fouling situation. We had to go down there and make free throws, and 
So I, I thought I thought we really really found a uh, showed poise and composure, and we we were able to finish last night. So hopefully our team is continuing to grow. Of course, we'll have a uh, a great challenge in front of us, uh, and, and I think one of our poor performances of the year uh, uh, for Florida Atlantic. They they beat the snot out of us the last time that we played them on the back end of a road trip, and uh, we'll we'll have to play a lot better to beat this group. All right, Coach. Uh, again, congratulations on your 100th win. If there's a downside, I understand there's a wardrobe problem. You were telling <laughs> Kelly that something bad happened to your wardrobe. Can you let our listeners know about that? You know, I, and again, not not expecting any of that. But I, again, I, I, you know, most people would go, "Wait a minute! They're, they won one game in a tournament. They had lost X number of games in a row, and and they win one game, and they're doing the the, the shower bath type thing." And, and and you know, but you know what? Our guy, they were so happy to win, and it was such a jubilant locker room and the old ABC Sports, the thrill of victory and, you know, agony of defeat. They, they felt so good about themselves because they did accomplish something. And to go out there with what we were able to put on the floor and those guys find a way to win, it was a, it was a special win. And uh, so, But about the wardrobe, uh, of course, they hit me with that. I, I don't know all what was in. I know it was water and Gatorade. I hope some of <laughs> some other stuff, too. But uh, I had just bought that coat a few weeks back, and I was saying, guys, before y'all hit me with that, let me at least take my coat, coat off. So all the stuff had to be taken to the cleaners this morning because I, I grew up playing for Coach Harry Breland. He was the most superstitious guy in the world at Oak Grove High School. And if we won in the game uniform, we were not changing. So you're going to see Southern Miss again. That We wore black last night. We will wear black. All the coaches will be in the same gear. I'm wearing the same suit. But our our, our, uh, our staff had to take it to uh, a, a one-day cleaners, explain the situation, have it there by 7 this morning so it be ready this afternoon. So I'll, I'll be in the exact same outfit I was last night and hopefully in four more. Boy, so, there you go. But there they're washed, go. Coach. Your, yeah, they your, are washed. Your they clothes will be clean. Okay. Yeah. There was nothing I could do about that part because I was it was so soaked after the game. Uh, I, I had to I had I had to wash it. Now, generally, I would say I didn't. Uh, I would just go with it like it is, and hopefully by Friday night, nobody would want to be around me. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to change. But I, I didn't have really much choice today. Uh, but Coach Lander, using that Oak Grove education, using the term, <laughs> using the term jubilant correctly. Wow, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's that Oak Grove. That's, that's that Oak Grove Public School education that I'm proud of. There you go. All right, Coach. We're really happy for you and your guys. Well, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be pulling hard for you tonight, Coach. I know y'all will, and and we got so many. Uh, gosh, I you know it's funny after after we lose, I don't, one or two people, mostly mostly my mom and my two sisters, you know, <laughs> will reach out after we lose. But so many people were were uh, have texted and called. I mean, in the hundreds, uh, uh, wishing well wishes. I know there's a lot of and y'all included, uh, Kelly. I appreciate that nice text sure. you sent and. Uh, I know that a lot of people are pulling for us, and it and, and it just reminds you that there, you know, there's a as a as a basketball coach, as a leader, you know, our job is to sell hope, and that 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 it's gratifying to know that some people still believe in us, and they haven't just thrown us away because we lost a few games. I'm I'm very very happy and, and grateful and thankful for that, All and right. thank y'all for it, and that's why I'm on your show. Uh, today, I, because y'all have been good to us. All right, Coach. Thank you very much. Coach Jay Ladner, everybody. We'll be right back. Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee up next. The Eagle Hour. 
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we want to thank Jay Ladner for joining us uh, from Dallas, Texas, after his team wins the opening round of the Conference USA Tournament last night against Texas San Antonio. And uh, wish him a lot of luck tonight. That game will be on ESPN Plus, Kelly Center. I think that's an 8.30 start tonight, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, late start tonight from Frisco. Yeah. Right. Lots of baseball to talk about. Good win last night for the Golden Eagles. Big game tonight, and we'll get to that here in the next segment. But right now we want to go to New Orleans and Patrick McGee uh, with NOLA.com. And and yesterday, Patrick, uh, the NFL's kind of shaking a little bit. A blockbuster trade that sends Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. And we were talking about it yesterday. It, it appears that the Broncos have just gambled their entire future on the present and thinking Russell Wilson may be able to do for them what Matthew Stafford did for the Rams. Yeah, and I'm I'm not a big buyer on Russell Wilson at this moment just because, you know, he he's not at the top of his game. I thought Stafford was has been pretty steady throughout his career. I know he was injured this last season, but I haven't really watched Wilson in the last year thinking that, you know, he's still that dude. So it may work out. He may be ready to roll this year, but they <laughs> – they gave up a, a lot to get him, and I, I, I kind of like the Seahawks' position on that to be able to do a, a decent re- rebuild within two or three years. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay and Russell Wilson in, in Denver. Uh, it, you know, things are kind of becoming a little bit more clear for the Saints, but we all saw what the Washington Commanders did. The Commodores, yeah. How about that? And it, Remind yeah, Bob again, Patrick, of, of what that official name is. We've having some trouble with it on the on the air <laughs> the last few days. Well, it's commanders it's, it, or the commies. I, whatever I, I'm going with the commies. I like the commies. That. The commies. I like. Well, that. I want to know what Bob thinks about Carson Wentz as the new commanders quarterback. I think he's mediocre, so he'll fit in just great with the uh, mediocre <laughs> Commodores franchise. That's uh, what I yeah, think, Patrick. Yeah. Well, we, we've heard, like, we've heard from the ghost of Senator Joe McCarthy saying, "Did somebody say commies?" <laughs> <laughs> so, Patrick, yeah. this thing with uh, Denver sort of reminds me of if you can go years back to when. The Saints did the same thing to get Ricky Jackson. Not Ricky, uh, what was the guy's name? Williams. Ricky Williams. R- Ricky Williams. From Am I Texas. right about that? Well, yeah, I mean, that was through the draft. Uh, I would say the Saints gave up more. I mean, they gave up the entire draft. This one's, uh, I think, I think the some of the picks come from multiple seasons, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong on that. But mm-hmm. the Saints gave up one entire draft, which was just astonishing. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick, uh, whenever he was in, he just continuously made terrible personnel decisions. Uh, I think I, I I wouldn't put this in the same ballpark. I mean, the, nobody gets as stupid as what the Saints did that season. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. with that with that said, though, I mean, Seattle does get number nine overall this year, and they get number forty overall. Right. You know, and and so I mean, you would think Drew Locks, you know. He, that that's not your guy. So, got to be thinking Seattle sinking quarterback at nine overall. Yeah, a lot of people are t- uh, talking about possibly Matt Corral um, is the guy they like right now. We'll see. I mean, that'd be kind of a similar type of uh, quarterback uh, to what Russell Wilson is. So maybe they think in a way they can kind of plug and go with a similar system and have somebody that can do a lot of the same things. You know, back on the Ditka deal, you remember when he was with the Bears, of course, he had the great Columbia, Mississippi native, you know, Walter Payton there. And so he was thinking, I'll go to New Orleans, get a stud running back, which in that draft, Ricky Williams certainly was. Right. Um, So he was trying, I'm sure, or his thinking was, I'm going to try to build the Saints like I did the Bears. And it just, yeah. Well, now now that the quarterback shuffle has kind of made his presence known, 
for New Orleans, does this mean Jamison Winston, he's the man, right? Uh, probably. Uh, signs are kind of pointing that direction, but I, you know, nothing's really going to be taken for granted, I don't think. Um, and we've mentioned Teddy Bridgewater uh, out there, and even <laughs> somebody, uh, I think it was Jeff Duncan, throughout the possibility the Saints might want to look at uh, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, the Giants quarterback, because he's probably going to be available. I, and actually, I'm not, I'm not down on Daniel Jones that much. I think maybe in a, a decent situation yeah. he can succeed. Yeah. Uh, but I, obviously, I think Winston is probably your top guy right now. You have, well, you have to wonder too with all with all the talk of trading Alvin Kamara. You know, if you're Alvin Kamara, you're sitting there, and, and look, they all understand it's a business. But you know, Kamara's probably sitting there going, "Really? After all I've done for you, the past year, you you want to get rid of me?" But it's all about what can no. you get in return. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Saints are kind of concerned what return they're going to get out of Kamara here in the short term. Uh, you know, this this Saints team wants to win right now, and if they're going to go without, you know, have to go without Kamara for a significant amount of time. I think. I mean, I think the Saints are really in a position where they're going to have to draft a running back. Maybe not, you know, super early, but they're going to have to probably grab somebody in the draft. I think you're right about Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones has played for a terrible team. And yeah. uh, it's, it's difficult to be a really good quarterback when you're throwing from your back. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe he comes to New Orleans or a team like New Orleans, and maybe he would be a fit for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely had his bright moments uh, as a passer, and he's a good athlete. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know if he's the answer for the Saints, but he's, he's somebody worth looking at because he's, he's had bad play calling on offense. And he's just had, you know, other – he's had Barkley, who's been out pretty much 80% of the time. Uh, so I, you know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the worst idea, but you know, Winston seems like the the kind of you know what you're getting out of Winston, and you kind of know what you're getting out of the Bridgewater. And Winston has the higher ceiling, so I think James Winston so, is the guy as long as Winston buys into the Saints. So what you're saying is, is that if if Jones is leaving a, a bad franchise and he doesn't want to go to another bad franchise, there's no way he ends up in Washington. That's what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, I mean they've got. Who the hell wants to go to Washington? Oh, Patrick, we should let you know, too. I'm not sure if you know this officially. Bob is on the Saints bandwagon, at least for the first week of the season. No, I am. I've got nowhere else to go, Patrick. The Redskins don't exist anymore. I'm a Redskin fan. I don't know squat about the com- Bro, if you had heartbeat, heartbreak with Washington, if you had, you need to go see your doctor because you're going to need blood pressure medicine after pulling for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of Saints fans through the years. I understand we do share one thing in common, and that's a hell of a lot of disappointment year in and year out. So uh, yeah. I think I'd fit in well with the Saints. Well, one, yeah. one team that looks good right now, not in don't football. Don't say it. Don't, oh, no, but in college baseball is oh. the Tulane Greenway. And Patrick, yeah. they're there in New Orleans. Yeah, how and, good are they, Patrick? Well, I caught little bits and pieces. This is the only time I really watched. I saw, watched some of the series against State, and they got you know they got it handed to them on Friday, uh, but they came back and battled pretty good on, on Saturday and Sunday. It wasn't like I was watching thinking, "Oh, watch out for the Green Wave." I just think State's hitting a little bit of a lull right now. Uh, they're just really, really inconsistent up and down. We've seen that uh, teams early in the season. Yeah. Uh, not really sure what to make of the Green Wave, but they're a good team. Um, uh, taking two out of three from state is always a good thing. <laughs> That's for sure. I want to ask you about this before we leave, and and we just uh, you know we just had Jay Ladner on a program, and uh, mm-hmm. they won last night, which I think everybody felt good about those kids winning a game and breaking right. that streak. Uh, is that is that enough? What do you see as the future of Coach Ladner, Patrick? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in Jeremy McLean's head on this, so I, I I'm not going to pretend to. 
uh, know what decision he's going to make, but if it was based on results right now, it would be a fairly easy decision to move on from Coach Ladner. Uh, I don't think beating FAU right you know tonight would change anything. I don't think they're going to beat FAU. FAU's won 18 games or a solid team, and and Southern Miss just hasn't really been hung, been able to hang with with good competition this year. Other than that one little uh, tournament they had up, I guess it was in Montana. Right, uh, they played well in that little stretch, but that can kind of happen in those situations. And then they had an injury or two, and then just even though I thought they had the personnel to still compete after they lost Hardy, they just haven't done it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the track record up to this point hasn't been great. Uh, they just have not competed in within within Conference USA, and I think they've had some pieces to compete. And they just haven't. Um, I, I, you know, I, it's just my opinion. And this made—I mean, I think Doc Sadler would have gotten a lot more out of these guys uh, than Ladner has the last three seasons, and that probably really tells you all you need to know. Well, where do they go to if they make that decision? These are big yes, but where do you go to get a coach? I mean, I hate to say this the way it's going to sound, but I mean, is it going to be an attractive job for the type of coach that can come in here and turn things around? No, it's, I mean, it's not going to be one of those jobs that's going to, uh, you know, Donnie Tindall walked into a pretty good situation where he had, you know, a decent roster in place. He had Neil Watson uh, and, you know, and some other players to work with. Uh, and, you know, there's some solid players, I think, on this roster right now. Uh, they're definitely going to have to upgrade. Uh, but in terms of fan support and everything else, uh, somebody's going to want the job, though. Uh, somebody, whether it's you know another coach, you know the Ohio Valley Conference, kind of like where Tyndall came from. Uh, there's a young coach, or there's you know somebody that's more established that has a better track record that goes way back as a Division One basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to want the job, and it's going to be have to be somebody that can really kind of uh, you know uh, be a salesman and also be able to recruit and get in JUCO talent and guys that can make a quick turnaround. You have to really be able to hit the mark. Um, in the transfer portal, and I thought Ladner had done that with you know Isaiah Moore, the uh, transfer out of St. John's, and he's been kind of in and out. I don't know. I mean, uh, somebody can do the job. Somebody can win there, and you're going into a new conference. It's kind of a a, a new – it's a stage where the program can re- reboot going into a new conference. Uh, you know, no, no, nobody's really going to expect anything out of it. So if they want to kind of start over, now's a good time to do it. All right, Patrick, always enjoy our conversations with you. You take care of yourself down at the Big Easy, and we'll have you back on the show next Wednesday. All right, thanks, guys. All right, when we come back, baseball. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Patrick McGee from uh, NOLA.com. Interesting NFL chatter with Patrick, and we always appreciate that. A special thanks to head basketball coach Jay Ladner for joining us. On very short notice, Kelly, you know what? called him this morning because he's been willing to come on after every loss 
he deserved the opportunity, in my view, to come on after a win, and uh, we're grateful that, that he would take the time to talk to us. Your thoughts about that? He's just he's a really decent guy. Jay's a really decent guy, and obviously this season has gone hasn't as he mentioned hasn't gone the way anybody has thought. And I and I know I understand that it's a business, and there's some talk as to whether he'll be back next year as the coach. But you know what? Those guys are playing hard for him. And that's what I look. That's what I look for. If you ever contemplate making a change, is you know, has he lost the team? And now I've never coached a basketball game, but from what I see, the guys are playing really hard. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment. I want to thank Slade and the great gang down there for all they do on the Eagle Hour. They'll have all the baseball games down there streaming this weekend. I understand the stream may be free from Baptist Baptist. Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist. And we're going to have their play-by-play voice on the show tomorrow so we can uh, we can find out more about that. A great place to have lunch uh, five days a week, just $9.95. Well, last night. And, and they're also going to have all the Conference USA basketball games. There we go. Sure. On the, down there to view as well. Last night at Pete Taylor Park, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Eagle Hour Choir sounding really good today. They, they tuned up for this. Yeah. The curse is over. <laughs> yes. The Golden Eagles rallied from two deficits last night and got great relief pitching from Dalton Rogers and beat South Alabama 7-5 to in a foggy, rainy night at Pete Taylor Park. Luke Johnson, on a scale of 1-10, to 10, how good did that make you feel? I, I yelled, I giggled and yelled and shouted when Peyto went yard because I was being my cynical Southern Miss self saying, hey, we're going to find a way to leave our 23rd and 24th runner on base right now. Oh, watch this. You know, he's hitting 213 right now. He hadn't, you know, done much tonight and da da da. Oh, wow. That's deep hit to right field. We just tied the ball game up. Like, that's how literally, like, I was talking out loud right. and Lawrence started laughing when that happened happened because I was proved wrong and thankfully so they they didn't they didn't come back once they came back twice right and then they slammed the door when they needed to I, right. I get nervous you know during basketball games when it's close you know what might happen I was nervous you know during some of the football games this year you guys Bob you guys seem a little bit uptight you in particular seem a little uptight about this baseball team, and I'm telling you, I know a little. They're good. I know a thing or two about baseball. This Southern Miss team is good, buddy. Good. And they showed their depth again last night. They bring in Dalton Rogers, a kid I believe from Jones College, a sophomore that we've hardly seen all year, and he just threw lights out. He just looked fantastic last night. One of about 21 guys. Yes. Were you not impressed with him, Luke? Yeah, he came in, he slammed the door, and uh, enabled the Golden Eagles to stay in the game where they could rally back. And then, you know, what can we say uh, about our guy from, from Pearl River, man? What can we say more yeah, about Landon Harper? He, he's tough. He's showing some of the flashes of, like, what Ramsey did last year. And, I mean, he's a dog. I mean, he goes in there and shows emotion coming off. But, yeah, he doesn't create – that, that situation for Harper to get the save doesn't happen if Dalton Rogers doesn't come in and strikes out six yeah. over three and two-thirds yeah. innings. Pitch great. We had the other kid on the show right after he committed here, Kelly. He was excited about coming to the Golden Eagles and – Luke described him. He's a dog. Dude. Yeah, Landon Harper, and I, you know, and this is a reliever. And I think I haven't looked at the numbers. Luke works with the statistical department here on the Eagle Hour, but he probably, even though he's not a starter, he probably leads the the staff in innings pitched, just because he's been so effective in the times that he's 
that he he has appeared. Right. And man, if if nothing else, if nothing else about this Southern Miss team, the pitching staff has it's been pretty impressive. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, he and he and Tyler Stewart both have had five appearances on the year. Harper right now with a 1.00 ERA in nine innings, he struck out six and uh, and only walked one. That that's the amazing statistic now, guys. Southern Miss has struck out 126 on the year and only walked 20. That's pretty good. In, 105, in uh, 111 innings. And, and again, in baseball, if you have a, at the major league level, if you have a three to one strikeout to walk ratio, that's what you're shooting for. That's pretty doggone good. Yeah. Harper's got a six to one. Yeah. They lead the nation, I believe, in, in strikeout to uh, walk ratios. Well, a tough challenge tonight, guys. Tulane is 10 and two. And that is Tulane, Kelly, not Tulane. Tulane. <laughs> Uh, has beaten uh, Louisiana Tech two out of three. They beat the Tech thirteen to five, four to one, lost six to one. They beat Southeastern Louisiana, traditionally a pretty good baseball program, twenty three to one. Now they lost the other night to Mississippi State. I watched a little bit of that game. They got bombed nineteen to two, but came back and beat State twice, eleven to ten, five and four, five to four. Uh, you know they're they're right there, equal to if not a little better maybe than South Alabama. Hard to say who's better or worse. But uh, Kelly Sander, Gold Eagles got to strap it up again tonight. Yeah, but they wouldn't have it any other way. No, you know, when when Coach Berry put the schedule together, he said it's all about RPI. And Tulane's probably saying the exact same thing. And I, I I'm a little bit surprised, quite honestly, at how quickly Tulane has gotten out of the gate. Yeah, uh, this year and this this will be a huge, uh, you know, a, a huge. Arrow and either team's quiver if they can pull this one this one out tonight. I would think, too, you know, Coach Berry talked to us about this Monday, Luke, and he's talked to us a little bit off the air about the, the one thing of going to the Sun Belt is all of your traditional weekday, many of them, opponents are now in your league. So it's going to be difficult to schedule a weekday. Tulane, I mean, there's you a there's you a great uh, you know twice a year, once there, once here. I would I would love to see them start playing each other again every year in baseball. Absolutely, I mean, and, and when you look at it, uh, how many times these teams have played, I mean, this is the hundred and sixty third meeting between these two teams. Started playing in nineteen forty nine, and hard to believe, guys, we haven't played Tulane since uh, since uh, two thousand eighteen. They came up here and, and they beat us. Uh, we, we split with them. We, we beat them in New Orleans, and then they beat us on May the 1st, 10-7 uh, to 7 back in 2018. So this is one of those rivalries. I mean, whether it's down at Turgeon or at the Pete, I mean, people get into it. Uh, very few baseball teams, and I'll try to find it for the end of the show, I mean, where Tulane ranks uh, all time. But, I mean, that's this is the 163rd meeting tonight between the and two here's, schools. And here's one of the great trivia questions of all time in Southern Miss baseball. When Tulane and Southern Miss first started playing in 1949, Southern Miss won the first game. Guess who got the game-winning hit in that initial game in 1949? Al Holder. <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. Bob, you care to adventure? Uh, Al Baker. I don't know. No, That's a good guess, too. No. Gabe Montenegro. <laughs> yeah. All right, real quick. Uh, let me. <laughs> hey, Bob, play with your new little toy. You can hit the uh, What is what Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's after uh, a strikeout. You know, the, the baseball team's off to a great start. Yeah. So I spent a few minutes this morning going over social media. Oh, boy. Don't ask me why. And I, I'm just going to say this: some of our fans are just pathetic. I, I want to read. I want to read some of the things. And Luke, you comment on this that I heard 
I read. I don't, don't want to pick a fight with Eagle Post. On I, I read Wednesday today. Now, this was after the baseball game last night. The camo uniforms suck. McGillis and Sargent are pathetic hitters. We sure need a facelift at Pete Taylor Park. Barry Ball engaged again. Kind of hard to watch. This is not one of USM's strongest teams. My prediction is they won't be in the postseason. This is after they beat South Alabama and go to eight and three on the year, Luke Johnson. They would go to nine and three on the nine year. Nine and three. Right? Nine and three. <laughs> I don't really feel like picking the, I mean, it's pathetic, equal. not the word. I mean I did they not like the flashing LED lights when Peyto was I don't, think, I don't the think they like those either, Luke. No, I don't think they think this should be difficult. But but I think Look, I think a lot of people. Hey, just, if 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 Barry Ball if Barry Ball goes four and one or even five and one against Tulane, Mississippi yeah, State, yeah. South Alabama, and Louisiana, I like Barry. Here's Ball. my favorite one: the the Pete needs a facelift. We just put artificial. No, that's what I'm saying. The people on social media generally will get on there. Some of these people will get on there just to stir stuff up. Yeah, I mean. Maybe you have to be living in a you, cave. You want you have you to want be a facelift. Give to the dugout club. Quit whining. <laughs> but the thing is, is they ju- it just had a facelift, obviously. So it's I'm, a beautiful baseball set. So that's what I'm saying is that people will say stupid stuff just just to irritate people and just to stir the pot. That's why I don't pay any attention. My to prediction: it. they won't make it into the postseason. We're gonna we're gonna make a fake profile on Facebook and it has Kelly's picture and we're just gonna go on Eagle Post and troll people. Like that's all we're gonna I'm telling you that's amazing. They don't have a lick of sense, you know. It's just amazing. Or that's the way they get attention. You know, they're it's just pa- they're painful to watch. By me. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this cloudy Wednesday. It's brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Eagles last night defeat the South Alabama Jaguars by score seven to five. Eagles come back and uh, from from being down twice as we talked about it last. But just to to recap last night, a few things. Uh, Tyler Stewart starts the game, goes three innings, gives up two runs, one earned. Matt Adams uh, hit two batters, he gave up that home run in 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 uh, the fourth inning, 
He gave up three, but then uh, Dalton Rogers and Landon Harper combined throw five innings of shutout baseball at the plate. Of course, Carson Pato with a big uh, two-run home run to tie the game. Gabe Montenegro two for five with a run. Slade Wilkes uh, got a hit and scored two runs. And uh, Dustin Dickerson continues being hot uh, with the bat. He goes three and four. All right. So we, we mentioned tonight uh, tonight at the at the Pete Tulane comes in and I've already uh, I've told you that this will be the hundred and sixty third meeting between these two schools. Thanks to Jack Duggan and his media guide, I now have the before me the one two three four five six seven eight top nine all time uh, series. So meaning Southern Miss has played these teams the most in its history of baseball. I'm going to give you guys just open mic to try to guess some of these and what order they might be in. Bob, do you want to go first? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Rice is going to be near the top, in the top ten or so. Rice is not in the top nine. Oh. You got, that, that, boy, if that's the buzzer for Rice getting it wrong. Actually, Rice probably may not even be in the top 15. Uh. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with southwestern Louisiana, also known as Louisiana. Southwestern Louisiana, also known as Louisiana. They would not be in the top 15 either. Wow. Ooh. All right, Bob, your guess. Just looking for the top nine, guys. I'm going to say Mississippi State. Ding, ding, ding. Mississippi State coming in at number three overall there in. There in. at 127 meetings. No, hit the, hit the multiple dinger there, Bob, the... No, the other one. The, the thing. There you go. There we we go. did this exercise, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes. so right. that Bob can continue to play with his All toys. Right. I'm going to say South Al. South Alabama comes in at a cool number eight at 104. I want the other dinger. No, Bob. you're not getting it. Oh. Uh, I got another one that I believe is on there. Ole Miss. You are very, very good, Bob Getty. Ole Miss comes in at number two with 140 meetings. How much? Kelly? Uh, okay, so number one, um, Southeastern Baptist College. <laughs> no, you that... already know the answer if you <laughs> no, listened okay, to me earlier right. in the show. All Who's right. number one? You said this earlier in the show? Yeah, twice. Tulane. Sec- there you go. Oh, well. There you go. Tulane with 162. This will be 163. Just for uh, so we can let you know. Number four, Southeastern Louisiana. At 124 meetings. Well, that's kind of where I was going with southwestern Louisiana. but mm-hmm. Fifth, UAB with 115 meetings. Mm. That one's interesting to me. UNO at 109. Mm. This one surprised me. Alabama at number seven with 106 really? meetings. Really? That's the only time Alabama will be number seven in anything. In anything, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> South Al at 104, and then Memphis Number nine Memphis. at 103. I guess that makes sense with Memphis, yeah. But you, yeah, you know, you, you were talking about with Southern going to the the uh, Sun Belt. You're going to start seeing probably in these midweek, you know, series more uh, Southland teams like Southeastern, McNeese, um, you know, potential Northwestern mm-hmm. State, you know, some of these teams that are. I, I think you're going to see Louisiana Tech. I think you're going to see Tulane. I mean, those would be great midweek. North Alabama again. You know, West Al, which is a Division right. II school. But. Coach Bear made an interesting point that I really didn't think about the other day, though. you got to consider the travel distance. Right. 
You know, you don't want to take four-hour bus rides one way if you can avoid it. Yeah, and West Al's a Division II school. It used to be uh, Livingston State, you know, where Coach M.K. Turk, mm-hmm. the late uh, M.K. Turk went to school when it was called Livingston. Yeah. You, uh, you guys will never guess number 10, and I'll just tell it to you. We quit playing them in 1987. We first played them in 1917. 1916. Oh, that, that would be the uh, Hattiesburg Boy Scouts. Spring Hill, 97 mm-hmm. games. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a school too. I bet we've played a lot is Florida State in baseball. In baseball, because they were back in the Metro Conference when Hill Denson was here. I think he told us the other day they used to play them six times a year, fifty-two times from nineteen eighty-two yeah. to two thousand. Which he sounded real thrilled about playing them six times a year too. Yeah, right? when I, I when the great have. Mike Martin was the coach. Down what there. happened the last yeah. time we beat the, we uh, we we played those guys? Guys, what happened? Uh, we eliminated them from the regionals. I recall. In the recall. same day with which we defeated T-Sun. Yes, exactly correct. That's exactly right. That was a pretty good day, wasn't it, guys? And so so Tulane, in Florida the State, most, the the most often played opponent. Well, it's going to be a good one tonight. Tulane. Yeah. The Golden Eagles better be ready because Tulane comes in here with a pretty good Tulane, ball. Tulane, guys. Say it right. Tulane. Tulane, and, Kelly. And, and bundle up, guys, too. It's yeah, going to be a mic cool out there. Not where I'm sitting, but you're right. <laughs> All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour, and uh, we want to thank our guest, uh, Patrick McGee. Always love having him on the show. Coach Jay Ladner, good luck to the men. Yeah, tonight. hope they beat FAU tonight. Hey, good luck tonight. to the Lady Eagles today. We should we should have pointed that out. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. The top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.